So we are ready. Take good. Um, thank you all for joining me uh, again today as we gather on the traditional territory of the Lekwungen people, including the Songhees uh, and Esquimalt First Nations. And as I stated when we last got together in February, it's our government's goal to introduce legalized uh, non-medical cannabis in a responsible and safe way. And before I continue with my remarks, I actually just want to thank uh, the people in my ministry, the Cabinet Secretariat, um, who have worked so hard in such a tight time frame to get this legislation that was tabled together today. It uh, was a remarkable undertaking on a unique piece of public policy, and uh, I just want to publicly thank them for the work that, uh, that they've all done. Um, it's our government's goal to introduce legalized non-medical cannabis in a responsible and safe way ensuring our regulations balance and reflect the views and values of all British Columbians while keeping public health and safety top of mind. Today marks a major milestone in this process. Our government has now introduced legislation for the legalization of non-medical cannabis that I believe does just that. The legislation includes details of BC's non-medical cannabis provincial regulatory framework that we announced in February. And it's a common-sense approach informed by experiences from other jurisdictions that have legalized non-medical cannabis. The feedback received from local governments, including members of the Joint Provincial Local Government Committee on Cannabis Regulation, as well as Indigenous governments and organizations, and the broader public and stakeholder engagement we've undertaken to date. This engagement work is ongoing and will continue past legalization. The legislation that was introduced today will provide for legal controlled access to non-medical cannabis in BC and includes three bills. It puts our province in a position not to not only meet the federal deadline, but does so in a way that satisfies our provincial goals to protect children and youth, prioritize public health and safety, keep cannabis out of the hands of criminals, keep our roads safe, and support BC's economic prosperity. The proposed Cannabis Distribution Act will establish the province's exclusive jurisdiction over the wholesale distribution of cannabis and provide authority for public retail sales. While the proposed Cannabis Control and Licensing Act, the CCLA, establishes provincial control over the sale, supply, and possession of non-medical cannabis. The CCLA, the Cannabis Control and Licensing Act, also establishes the licensing of private cannabis retailers, including registration and training requirements for those who will work in cannabis retail stores. And it will outline the restrictions on the possession, personal cultivation, and consumption of cannabis by adults, as well as prohibitions for minors. In addition, it includes an extensive compliance and enforcement regime. A key component of this enforcement regime will be a new community safety unit that will target illegal sellers. We know that to ensure we keep our roads safe, we must give police more tools to remove drug-impaired drivers from the road. So we've also made amendments to the Motor Vehicle Act, which will toughen provincial regulations to further deter drug-affected driving. The amendments will provide police with new tools to remove drug-impaired drivers from the road. Specifically, we've created a new 90-day administrative driving prohibition for drug-affected driving, and we've expanded the current zero-tolerance restrictions for the presence of alcohol for drivers in the graduated licensing program to also include zero-tolerance for the presence of THC. This is in addition to the measures that are being introduced by the federal government, and we're eager 
very eager to hear more from them on that front. We're also increasing training for law enforcement to assist in detecting drug-impaired driving. And we will continue to work with law enforcement stakeholders to help British Columbians make safe decisions about driving. The BC Legislature will now take time to debate and review our proposed pieces of legislation before they are finalized and passed into law. However, BC's new laws are dependent upon the proposed federal legislation receiving royal assent. Upon implementation, we will continue to monitor our regulations and make any necessary adjustments to ensure our provincial goals are being met. I know there is much interest in hearing when non-medical cannabis will be legal, but that decision is still up to the federal government. As I said before, the date, by the, federal, the date set by the federal government for cannabis legalization will just be the beginning. Until then, we'll continue to develop regulations and supporting policies to prepare for the legalization of non-medical cannabis here in BC. In addition, the liquor distribution branch, BC's wholesale distributor of non-medical cannabis, is expected to open the first government-operated retail store by the end of the summer 2018 to ensure British Columbians have access to non-medical cannabis once it's legalized. They're also working on to implement an e-commerce solution to offer online sales to the public. The brand identity and logo for BC Cannabis stores developed in-house will be featured on storefronts and with print material. More information on this can be found on the BC LVB website. In closing, we still have work to do to prepare for the legalization of cannabis. But the legislation we've introduced today is a major step forward for British Columbia. Some may think that this, this work will end when cannabis is legalized by the federal government, but the truth is our government will be dealing with this significant change in policy, as will all provinces, for quite a few years to come. We'll need time to implement the federal government's decision, to learn from the implementation of our own regulations and adjust them as necessary along the way. So as we wait for more clarity on an exact timeline from the federal government, our priority remains focused on ensuring the needs and values of British Columbians are reflected in the decisions that we make while we continue to prioritize the protection of young people, the health and safety of British Columbians, keeping cannabis out of the hands of criminals, keeping our roads safe, and supporting the economic development of our province. And we look forward to working together to get this right in B.C. Thanks for your attention. Okay, first uh, Richard, then Rob, and then Justin. On the uh, distribution end, uh, you mentioned a uh, first store will be open uh, by the end of the summer. Can you explain to me the plan for how many provincial locations there will be? Uh, how are you procuring the space for them? Um, and what sort of are they going to look like for people as you still are, are aiming towards a, a target date that you don't totally know yet? Um, a lot of questions. Uh, so let's uh, let's start with in terms of the number of stores, uh, whether it's a public store or a private retail store, they're all going to have to get the, uh, the permission of the local government, and so that uh, element is is crucial. Uh, so all stores, whether they're public or private, are going to have to get uh, approval of local government. Then after that, uh, they are able to uh, to to get the uh, the provincial uh, the provincial license. Uh, in terms of what the stores will look like. Uh, that work is currently uh, uh, being uh, um, done by, by LDB. Each store, stores may well be different in terms of size, uh, 
depending on where they're located and the size of the community that they're located. Uh, they will carry a range of, uh, of products uh, that, uh, you know, that, uh, that will be for sale, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, the flowers, the oils, uh, dried cannabis products. Uh, so, you know, they will be uh, reflective of uh, the local community. The existing dispensaries, yes. what authority does the province have around these dispensaries and uh, what process is going to be done by which uh, those stores may transform or be closed or uh, those changes be enforced? Um, existing dispensaries will have the ability to apply for a license uh, to be a retailer. Um, but that does not guarantee that they will, in fact, end up being a retail model or retail operation. Um, further, that's why we've got the Community Safety Unit in the Act, um, which will be based within my ministry, whose job it will be is to, uh, to go after uh, illegal, illegal operations, illegal stores. Uh, the bottom line is this. If, uh, a retail a if you want to operate a retail operator in British Columbia, you're going to have to get the approval of the local government. You're going to have to pass a background check, and you are going to only be able to buy product from um, a, uh, the approved wholesaler, which is uh, the cannabis distribution branch, uh, which is provincially owned. Rob. Um, just to pick up on that, so the background check, if you've been convicted of some marijuana-related offense in the past, are you not eligible to sell or distribute or, or anything in British Columbia? What we said is that there will be comprehensive background checks that look into the whole range of where's the money coming from, who the directors of the company are, uh, is there any links to organized crime, for example. So if you have any links to organized crime, you're going to be uh, out the door. You'll not be getting a license. Uh, we've also stated prior to today, and I'll reiterate today, that minor offenses are not going to prevent you from, uh, from applying, but certainly a serious criminal offense, such as trafficking, for example, would obviously get you ruled out. And can I just also uh, ask about the, the driving um, testing issue? Is there any technology that you've been made aware of from police right now that you're comfortable with being accurate to test drug uh, uh, supplies in somebody's bloodstream? And if not, how do we go about getting one? Well, first of all, a couple points. Right now, there are laws in place. Uh, to deal with impairment, whether it's drug impairment or alcohol impairment. So those laws are still there, and those laws apply today, and they'll apply tomorrow. Uh, we know the federal government has got uh, uh, Bill C-46. It's in the Senate. We are waiting on that because that is going to shape a lot of the regulations uh, around the kind of technology that they intend to use, um, and it's something that we believe needs to be communicated to the provinces like ASAP. Um, the, the feds have told us there's technology that they are confident in, uh, but we still have yet to, uh, to know exactly, exactly what it is. Justin? Uh, Minister, on first read, uh, most of these details are the same as so was announced by your government uh, in February. Is there anything... Is it different, added, or has changed in the last two months uh, from what you were outlining then? Um, I think what we're outlining today is, 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 is you're right. I mean, basically, we've been communicating to British Columbians based on the, the work that we have been doing. Um, here's the framework. The issues, the key issues that uh, many people were asking about, we've made decisions on already. Today what they are is in, the, uh, is in the legislative framework, and it spells out more clearly. There's a lot of work that still has to be done uh, in terms of, of, of regulations, 
A lot of that work is still ongoing. Uh, some of it is obviously relate, still related to the passage of the federal pieces of legislation. Uh, we're expecting uh, Bill C-45 to be passed by June 7th. There may or may not yet be further amendments to that, which of course would impact you know, what the final uh, regulatory framework here in BC uh, looks like. And as I said a moment ago, we're still waiting, um, you know, for, for Bill C-46. Again, that will have an impact uh, on, on what the final, the final uh, product looks like. And, and then uh, so sort of further to that, you, you've said that, you know, this legislation will have to be changed or amended over time. Are there any specific areas where you see or you've been given advice that uh, the government may need to make additional changes on? Uh, at this moment, uh, we feel confident that the uh, legislation that we put in place uh, is the right legislation. But this is a major, uh, significant change in public policy, not just here in British Columbia, but right across the country. And so, you know, you think you've identified everything. You think that there may be, um, um, you've got all the issues covered. But uh, it's like any piece of legislation and any significant policy change like this, there will be things that were you know, potentially unanticipated, and there may well be, I don't want to get into the unknown knowns and the known unknowns, uh, but the reality is that that's very much the case with a piece of legislation like this. And I'll give you one area where I know that we are going to have to be coming back in the future, and that's around the issue of edibles. Uh, that is not being legalized at the, uh, the current time. The federal government has indicated that they will be, uh, they will be legalized probably in a, in, in a year from now, um, but again, that will impact on the regulations, and so we'll have the ability to deal with that when it's, uh, when it's legalized. We're going to go last, Vaughn, and then we're going to go to the phone before we come back to the room. Minister, how much is non-medical marijuana going to cost? And if you don't know the answer to that question, can you explain just the process of how the price will be determined, and will it be key to medical marijuana? Okay. Um, the pricing is still being worked on uh, with uh, um, the, uh, the Ministry of Finance. Uh, we are looking at all aspects of that, uh, including the, the, uh, the PST. We're mindful that the, uh, that the price needs to be reflect the fact that one of the key elements of, uh, of legalization is to reduce uh, the impact uh, on the influence of organized crime. Uh, and so we've also learned from other jurisdictions that if the tax rate is too high, um, you just drive people to the black market. So that work is, is, still, is still ongoing, but we're very uh, much aware that, uh, that we have to be very careful on that front. Uh, and again, that's uh, why I would reinforce that, uh, you know, uh, over this whole debate that's been taking place over the last several months, many people have said, oh, this is a, you know, a, a cash cow for, for government. Um, I don't share that view, uh, certainly not in the short term. Um, the bill refers to a general manager and yeah. the various uh, titles, directors mm -hmm. and analysts and whatnot, and you're advertising for ch cannabis jobs of one sort or another. How big is this cannabis division of the liquor board going to get? Well, um, it's just be, we're starting to set it up now. It will start to be based on one. You know, as the number of stores open up, uh, it will start to ramp up as you're going to need, need more employees. So it's one of those things that's going to be starting out, and, and it will grow uh, over time until we've reached a, uh, a stable uh, retail system in the province. Ron? Minister, you said you're very eager to hear more from Ottawa about what they're going to do. Uh, other than the time, uh, what are some of the gaps that they still need to fill in to make this provincial uh, regulatory regime work? Well, I think there's a number of issues that they need to deal with. One, we need to know... Um, 
when is it going to be legalized? I mean, you know, initially they said July, and I know many people said July 1st, and I've always said it will not be Cannabis Day, and clearly it's not going to be July 1st. Uh, but they are saying 8 to 12 weeks uh, after the passage of the bill. Um, they're saying the 7th of June, but we still don't know whether there's amendments or not that may, that may uh, change that. Um, so that's one area. The issue around edibles is also important. I'd like to see some better clarity on that. So again, we are able to start doing the work that we know that's going to need to be in place for that. Uh, Bill C-46, the drug-impaired driving, is, is crucial. Um, there's a lot of questions around that. Uh, from the province's ability to train police officers um, that on new device and new technology. Um, so those are three areas right there. Um, in terms of other areas, you know, final rules on, on marketing and all of those things we want to make sure are in place. So there are still a lot of, uh, a lot of we've got we've to fill. The government has expressed concern in the past that the producing licenses be distributed fairly so that long-standing British Columbia producers of our high-quality product would continue to uh, enjoy access to the system. It's all in federal hands. Has there been any commitments on that front? I am um, pleased that the, um, the federal government has listened to us on that front. Uh, very early on, we, we uh, made it clear to the federal government that uh, we wanted to make sure that... Uh, that British Columbia has its fair share of production, recognizing the fact that uh, we have an industry in this province that's been operating for, for many, many years. Uh, that's why in their last round of consultations, they put out uh, the issue around small-scale uh, small production, uh, which we had been pushing for, and I'm pleased to say that they have recognized that. Um, and so I know that will be... Uh, that will be included, but we want to make sure that that, that small-scale microproduction that British Columbia um, has, its, has its fair share. Um, we know that there's a lot of interest by other provinces, certainly to make sure that licensed produ license production is spread across the country, um, and that's something that we are going to continue to watch and we'll be pushing for. We are going to go to the phone now. Mike Hager from the Globe and Mail. Go ahead, Mike. Hi, Solicitor uh, General. Thanks for uh, taking questions. Um, wanted to look at the compliance angle, um, this community safety unit. Do you imagine them being the same as liquor inspectors? Uh, surely you're going to need a lot more members of this unit than the existing number of liquor inspectors. Uh, how, how do you envision that working? It, pardon me. It will be it will be um, similar to uh, to liquor, um, and we know that uh, we will will probably need um, um, a number of, uh, of of inspectors. But the office will be based within my ministry, and uh, we are starting to get to work uh, on uh, on building and determining the exact number of individuals that we need. Uh, their priority will be on illegal sellers, those that do not have a license. Um, and those that have been rejected by uh, by uh, local government. Okay, and I've okay, talked coming to back to the room. Um, we have time for just a few more. It's going to be Katie and then Sorry. Scott and ending with Richard. Sorry. Minister, are you concerned about uh, the amount of supply that's going to be available? There's a limited number of licensed producers in BC and across Canada, and if all stores are essentially opening at the same time, will there be a, a glutton supply? Uh, a couple of points. All stores will not be opening at the same time because a lot 
will not be ready. Uh, many communities are going to be deciding exactly what it is that they want. Uh, some communities have already indicated that to, to me, some privately, some publicly, that uh, some have said they only want a government store, others have said they don't want any store, others have said they're quite open to a, a mix of, of public and, and private. Um, the work that we've been doing within the ministry and within the LDB is confident that there will be enough supply available uh, and that uh, we have, uh, I think, uh, an RFI or a, a request for interest in terms of supply uh, that's been going out. Uh, and I think we've had a, a response from about 36 different licensed producers from different parts of the country uh, who, want to, uh, who want to be able to uh, see their product in BC stores. And I am confident that we will have a significant range of product and, uh, uh, and different types of product available for retail in BC. Can I just ask, um, this is on a different topic, and I apologize, but uh, Victoria Police yesterday announced that they're taking uh, their school liaison officers out of school and uh, because of a fight with the Squimal. And I'm wondering if you have any opinions on, uh, within one school district, some schools not having uh, school liaison officers, whereas San Angelo Bay would still have those officers, which some people have said are important for prevention uh, down the line. Um, I'm happy to look into that uh, question for you and get back to you with, uh, with a response. Thanks. Scott? It's, it's nowhere near as old as the production time in BC, but in southern Vancouver Island and in Vancouver, it's become huge business, the business of pot shops, of dispensaries. Um, do we know how many so far have applied? Have you opened that yet? And, and what are you hearing from, from this dispensary community that in some cases will People will be losing their jobs, losing their livelihood. Um, this is a uh, let's put it this way. This is a growth industry uh, in British Columbia. Um, the the growth of retail stores is going to provide a lot of employment opportunities. Legal stores can provide a lot of uh, retail uh, opportunities, as well as in the uh, the distribution branch. Uh, so I think uh, that there will be you know plenty of opportunity. Uh, in terms of those existing stores, what I've said is that they are free to apply but there's no guarantee that they will get uh, a license. They will be treated just like every other application. And in terms of when you can apply, um, when this legislation is passed, then we will be um, in a position to, to start to, uh, to take applications. You said, you said the last time we sat here talking about this that you were not going to force dispensaries or, or shops down the throats of municipalities. You said you're going to give the choice. Have you heard more back there? Have you heard from a lot of communities in British Columbia that they will not accept this type of business in their area? And can, can you stop a government shop from going into a certain area? Um, local government will decide on the number of uh, retail outlets they want in their communities. They will decide on the kind of retail outlets they want uh, in the communities, whether they're government or private. And government has to go through the same process. Uh, government is not going in and saying we are putting a, 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 a retail cannabis retail shop in this location or that location. Uh, we've made it clear right from the get-go of this whole process that we view uh, local government as very much a partner in this because we know they're the ones that are having to deal with it. That's why we established early on the joint task force. Uh, and so uh, I'm confident uh, that the approach we've taken uh, is one that uh, works with local government and is something that I think the, the, the people of BC uh, will say is, was the right direction to go. Any indication how many so far have uh, we'll block it, it? Do you know? Mostly right now it's just anecdotally. A lot of them have been waiting to see the legislation and for the legislation to pass. Uh, many communities, uh, particularly outside of Vancouver and, and 
Victoria uh, have in fact put a moratorium on even expressions of interest. Uh, so uh, this legislation will start to, to, to sh allow that process to proceed. Okay, we are ending with Richard. If you have further questions, you can connect with Caroline McAndrews and she can get you information afterwards. Go ahead, Richard. Who's responsible for shutting down dispensaries that now sell medical marijuana that uh, will stay open or may stay open uh, once this uh, new process, once recreational marijuana becomes legal? Who will be responsible for shutting them down? Well, the, uh, the, the, once once the legislation is passed and once we have everything up and running, it will be that uh, enforcement branch within my ministry that will be responsible uh, for the, uh, the uh, dealing with illegal, illegal retail outlets. So they will use support from RCMP or will this be... There will be, uh, there will be administrative penalties in place. Um, there will be, you know, uh, licensing, uh, licensing control that we have with, again, within the legislation, and of course, uh, you know, the police also enforce the law. Types of raids, like we've seen with uh, whiskey uh, by the liquor distribution. I, I, I'm not one. I am looking forward to a system where um, people apply, uh, they get a license, uh, they have a, a legal operating shop. We will have the enforcement mechanisms in place. And I think those that, um, that that do not get a license but still think that they can um, continue uh, and to uh, to uh, to operate with impunity, they will find out that they can't. And the the, the administrative penalties uh, that we have in the act are significant, and so I think that will have the desired effect. Um, Thanks, everybody. <laughs>